Hello, friends. I'm Pastor Pitts Evans. Welcome to the Whole Word Podcast. Let's get right to the Word of God. 2 Chronicles chapter 9 When the Queen of Sheba heard of Solomon's fame, she came to Jerusalem to test him with hard questions. Arriving with a very great caravan with camels scaring spices, large quantities of gold and precious stones, she came to Solomon and talked with him about all she had on her mind. Solomon answered all of her questions. Nothing was too hard for him to explain to her. When the Queen of Sheba saw the wisdom of Solomon, as well as the palace he had built, the food on his table, the seating of his officials, the attending servants in their robes, the cupbearers in their robes, and the burnt offerings he made at the temple of the Lord, she was overwhelmed. She said to the king, The report I heard in my own country about your achievements and your wisdom is true, but I did not believe what they said until I came and saw with my own eyes. Indeed, not even half the greatness of your wisdom was told to me. You have far exceeded the report that I heard. How happy your people must be! How happy your officials who continually stand before you and hear your wisdom! Praise be to the Lord your God, who has delighted in you and placed you on his throne as king to rule for the Lord your God. Because of the love of your God for Israel and his desire to uphold them forever, he has made you king over them to maintain justice and righteousness. Then she gave the king 120 talents of gold, large quantities of spices, and precious stones. There had never been such spices as those that the Queen of Sheba gave to King Solomon. The servants of Hiram and the servants of Solomon brought gold from Ophir. They also brought algum wood and precious stones. The king used the algum wood to make steps for the temple of the Lord and for the royal palace and to make harps and lyres for the musicians. Nothing like them had ever been seen in Judah. King Solomon gave the Queen of Sheba all that she desired and asked for. He gave her more than she had brought to him. Then she left and returned with her retinue to her own country. The weight of the gold that Solomon received yearly was 666 talents, not including the revenues brought in by the merchants and traders. Also, all of the kings of Arabia and the governors of the territories brought gold and silver to Solomon. King Solomon made 200 large shields of hammered gold. 600 shekels of hammered gold went into each shield. He also made 300 small shields of hammered gold with 300 shekels of gold in each shield. The king put them in the palace of the forest of Lebanon. Then the king made a great throne covered with ivory and overlaid it with pure gold. The throne had six steps and a footstool of gold was attached to it. On both sides of the seat were armrests, with a lion standing beside each of them. Twelve lions stood on the six steps, one at either end of each step. Nothing like it had ever been made for any other kingdom. All of King Solomon's goblets were gold, and all of the household articles in the palace of the forest of Lebanon were pure gold. Nothing was made of silver, because silver was considered of little value in Solomon's day. The king had a fleet of trading ships manned by Hiram's servants. Once every three years, it returned carrying gold, silver, and ivory, and apes and baboons. 
King Solomon was greater in riches and wisdom than all the other kings of the earth. All the kings of the earth sought an audience with Solomon to hear the wisdom that God had put in his heart. Year after year, everyone who brought him a gift, articles of silver, gold, and robes, and weapons, and spices, and horses, and mules. Solomon had 4,000 stalls for horses and chariots, and 12,000 horses, which he kept in the chariot cities, and also with him in Jerusalem. He ruled over all the kings from the Euphrates River to the land of the Philistines, as far as the border of Egypt. The king made silver as common in Jerusalem as stones, and cedar as plentiful as sycamore fig trees in the foothills. Solomon's horses were imported from Egypt and from all other countries. As for the other events of Solomon's reign, from beginning to end, are they not written in the records of Nathan the prophet? in the prophecy of Ahijah the Shilonite, and in the visions of Edo the seer concerning Jeroboam son of Nebat. Solomon reigned in Jerusalem over all Israel for forty years. Then he rested with his ancestors and was buried in the city of David his father, and Rehoboam his son succeeded him as king. Now, the queen of Sheba comes from Ethiopia. Ethiopia at that time was a much larger territory than the country of Ethiopia in Africa now. It probably extended from its current location all the way up to the edge of Egypt. And so the Queen of Sheba was the queen over a vast territory. When she heard of Solomon's fame, she came to Jerusalem to test him with hard questions. Arriving with a very great caravan with camels carrying spices, large quantities of gold, and precious stones. She came to Solomon and talked with him about all she had on her mind. And so these spices, friends, in antiquity, salt was an extremely valuable, precious commodity. You recall there was no refrigeration. So salt was one of the very few preservatives available to people for their food supplies. And so um, spices, bringing spices, it doesn't sound like much, but some of the trade routes were established to carry salt and other spices. And so when the Queen of Sheba brought these, they were greatly appreciated and needed. And apparently um, no one had ever brought the kind of quantity that she brought. But she asked Solomon hard questions, and apparently nothing was too difficult for um, Solomon to explain. She was overwhelmed. Um, I have in my, my mind's eye uh, someone sighing and putting their the back of their hand to their forehead and going, oh my, but she saw the food on his table, the seating of his officials and the attending servants in their robes and the cupbearers and the burnt offerings, etc., etc. And she was overwhelmed. The text says she was overwhelmed. She said to the king, the report that I heard in my own country about your achievements and your wisdom is true, but I did not believe all that they said until I came and saw it with my own eyes. Indeed, not even half the greatness of your wisdom was told me. You have far exceeded the report that I heard. And so she gave the king fabulous gifts of gold and, as I mentioned before, spices and and also precious stones. Now, from this time forward, the Jewish people and the people of Ethiopia have had a kinship of sorts. Trade was established at some point in um, Perhaps with this delegation from the Queen of Sheba, you know, this goes back 3,000 years, so we're not certain. But even at the time of Christ, there was an Ethiopian eunuch who was a high government official 
from the king of Ethiopia had come to Jerusalem, you may recall that the deacon uh, led him to the Lord and baptized him, this Ethiopian eunuch. So to this day, there's a connection in Ethiopia with the Jewish people. There's a lot of genetic uh, material in many of the Ethiopian people that is Jewish. They've done uh, genetic research. So a lot of the Ethiopians have Jewish blood. They're of Jewish descent. During the various um, dispersals, the Assyrian conquest in 722 B.C. and then the Babylonian conquest in 586 B.C., it's believed that a lot of the Jewish people sought refuge in Ethiopia. And some believe that during these times of upheaval, they actually carried the Ark of the Covenant to Ethiopia for protection, and some believe it remains there till this day. In fact, if you have time, go online and you can find the, the building that they claim it's housed in. There's a lot of lore around this. Whatever the case, this um, Queen of Sheba was mightily impressed with um, King Solomon. In verse 10, we read, The servants of Hiram and the servants of Solomon brought gold from a place called Ophir. And it says they also brought algum wood and precious stones. Now, this algum wood. Algum wood is sandalwood. And so further down in this chapter, it's mentioned that um, on their trade forays, they would bring back monkeys, baboons, and um, uh, various monkeys. Algum wood is found in plentiful quantities in India. It's one of the few places on earth that it's found. And so gold is also found in large quantities in India, as are baboons and other sorts of monkeys. So some have postulated that this ophir was actually somewhere in India what would be modern India or even Pakistan. Pakistan has the Indus River Valley that's known for its gold and sandalwood as well. Whatever the case, they brought this algum wood, and with it they made steps for the temple of the Lord. This product is made into incense to this day. It has a very strong fragrance. They made harps and musical instruments out of algum wood, and I find that interesting. The steps had a fragrance. The instruments had a fragrance. Solomon gave the queen of Sheba more gifts than what she had brought him. And then we read this kind of capsulation of his greatness. Verse 20, all of King Solomon's goblets were gold. All the household articles in the palace of the forest of Lebanon were pure gold. Nothing was made of silver because silver was considered of little value in Solomon's day. And then it goes on and on talking about his wealth and uh, the borders that he ruled over were the largest borders that Israel ever had from the Euphrates River uh, to Egypt. So they had a very vast territory that Solomon was ruling over. And then finally in verse 30, Solomon reigned in Jerusalem all of 40 years. And then he rested with his ancestors and was buried in the city of David, his father. And Rehoboam, his son, succeeded him as king. We'll take over with Rehoboam next. But Lord, we thank you for this um, relationship between the Ethiopians and the Jews. Even to this day, there are people in Ethiopia who consider themselves of Jewish descent. Thank you that they were a place of protection in times of trouble. Thank you, Lord, that Israel has received many of these Ethiopians back as Jews returning to, to Israel in our lifetime. Lord, it's an amazing story and 3,000 years of friendship between Ethiopia and Israel. May it continue until the return of our Lord Jesus Christ. We pray this in his name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Whole Word. 
It was brought to you by Whole Word Fellowship and the Northern Virginia House of Prayer. If you were encouraged, please share our podcast with your friends. We'd also appreciate it if you'd hit subscribe in your favorite podcast app and take a few moments to write a review. If you'd like more information on our church and our ministry, you can go to wholeword.net or wholewordpodcast.com for more information. Thank you again, and may the Lord Jesus bless you today and always.